everyone, my name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today my friend Whitney is back and we're here to talk about the movie That Thing You Do. Hi Whitney. Hey Michelle. I'm excited to talk about this movie with you. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so a few things before we dive in. Uh, this movie was released in October of 1996. It's written and directed by Tom Hanks. It stars Tom Everett Scott, Steve Zahn, Ethan Embry, Jonathan Shake, Tom Hanks, Charlize Theron, and Liv Tyler. The IMDb.com summary is, a local Pennsylvania band scores a one-hit wonder in 1964 and rides the star-making machinery as long as they can, with lots of help from their manager. It has a 6.9 on IMDb, and it made around $34 million at the box office. This movie was also nominated for an Oscar in 1997 for Best Song, for That Thing You Do, written by Adam Schlesinger, but it lost to Andrew Lloyd Webber for Evita that year. All right, Whitney, this movie is 26 years old. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I feel so old. I need to unpack that uh, on many levels. But um, what are you rating this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? Yeah, I gave it a 10. You did? I did. Yeah, I went all the way. This is like my favorite movie. I love it. I just committed with the 10. <laughs> I love how like confident you are, just 10. <laughs> What'd you give it? I, I'm giving it an 8.5. Oh, Michelle. I know. I So, <laughs> okay. So I teetered on this a little bit because full disclosure, after rewatching this movie for our conversation, you know, this movie, while I we both clearly love this movie, it's not, mm-hmm. I mean, you and I also maybe agreed on this in our conversations of like what movie to talk about. This isn't exactly a rom-com. So I think I docked maybe like a point to half a point just for that sheer fact. But I mean, I really, really like this movie. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, great. So we're on the same page about that. But yeah, Yeah. (laughs) at the top, I guess I will say to the listeners, I wouldn't qualify this as a traditional rom-com, but there's definitely rom in this movie. So yeah, and Whitney and I love this movie. So we're here to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your relationship with this movie? Um, so apparently I was 12 when this came out. Does that Apparently. Add? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I remember watching it as a 13-year-old. I don't remember seeing it at 12, maybe 13. Mm-hmm. And I watched it throughout my teen years over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And I quoted it all the time, especially the quotes from Lenny. He was my favorite. <laughs> I loved it so much. It definitely, like, I have, like, a top 10 list of formative teen movies, and this is definitely within the top three. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It's that, yeah. (laughs) Well, so, again, when you and I were talking about movies, I just have this very vivid memory of you loving this movie. And, you know, I really, I have a deep relationship with this movie as well, but I literally don't know anybody else in my life who has... I don't either. (laughs) ...maybe seen this movie as many times as I have, or even maybe even heard of this movie. I know. I, I... Literally have never had a conversation with anybody about this movie. So I'm kind of pretty excited to talk about this with you. But it's so strange, I think. You and I clearly love it. And then there might be just people who have never heard of it or never seen it. Exactly. And we met like in our early 20s. So that really says something about how it impacted our lives. Because we both still loved it so much in our early 20s when it came out when we were 12 and 13. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's a great movie. It's weird. It has such (laughs) lasting power. And I think maybe that's to its benefit. It's just so wholesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have a very distinct 
memory is weird and I have this very clear memory of uh, being 12 or 13 years old when we saw this movie for the first time and I was in school and this boy next to me who I thought was like really cool for some reason we were talking about movies and he admitted that he loved this movie and that he had gone to the theater multiple times to see it and he did. I just remember feeling so validated being like wow this cool guy <laughs> in my class also really likes this movie so I feel yeah this is acceptable and I didn't know that at the time people went to theaters multiple times to see movies yeah just- same. I, I don't think I've ever met anyone except for my husband. He talks about going to the movie theater many times to see his favorite movies. But oh. yeah, I didn't know people did that. That's <laughs> it's so always funny. ones that comes out on video, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the rewatch um, for me. Yep. It's when it comes out. Let's dive into what are some, some, maybe some more specific things you like about this movie. Okay. So I love the music aspect of it. The fact mm-hmm. that they're in a band. I always like wanted to have a close relationship with the band. And when I was in college, I dated a guy in a band and lived my dreams. Um, (laughs) Do you think it was inspiration from this movie? Uh, Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Subconsciously, potentially, maybe. I don't know. I love it. (laughs) But I love that aspect of it, how it was music related. I was really getting into music once I got into my teen years, like I was finding my way. Mm. Um, I was into punk music for some reason. Like, oh gosh, it was the worst. (laughs) <laughs> but but I did love this movie because of the music. I also just loved the character of Linny. Mm. He was my favorite. He is so silly. And I always, my dad is really good at doing voices. And I always loved doing voices as a kid. So yeah. I would do Linny's voice constantly. <laughs> and my sister and my friends and I would quote him all the time like dorks. Quote lines from the movie. Like literally made sense to no one else. But it was hilarious to us. We thought it was so funny. We thought we sounded just like him. Wait, Whitney, I want to hear your Lenny impersonation now. Oh, I've got a lot. I've got a lot. <laughs> or should yeah, we save it? Should I've we got, save it? We should save it. We should save okay, it. Let's I save, save that it. for later. Yeah. But okay. yeah, you know I love impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Can't wait. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What about you? What about you? What were your favorite things? I think rewatching it, you know, as an adult and loving it as a kid, you're just like, wow, this is so wholesome. There's no mm-hmm. bad guy in this movie. I think the worst person is probably, I don't know, Jimmy? Jimmy, or maybe yeah, of course. Saul Seiler, who is just like the, some heartless record executive. But yeah, yeah, there's there's no outside forces trying to break things apart. It just kind of just unravels on its own. It's just such a comfort watch. And because the music Mm -hmm. is such a big part of this movie, I feel like I could just have it on in the background, not even actually watch the TV. But Mm -hmm. because it's so music driven and forward, I I know exactly what scene is happening, what's what the emotions are happening as well. I just I love it for the music. That thing you do is so damn catchy. I know. I don't think I ever get sick of hearing it. I was trying to tally how many times they play it in the movie. I think we oh. hear it twice in full. Okay. But I lost count of like how many times we see them start to play the song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think so Tom Hanks wrote and directed this, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. He I feel like did a really great job of creating this fake world that I legitimately thought was real. Like I thought the Wonders were a real band in the 60s. I thought I did too. Del Paxton was a real jazz musician. I thought the Chantrelines were a real girl group. It wasn't until the internet and probably in my 20s where I was like, oh, these are these are not real people. Yeah, same here. I love that it makes us feel that, though. You know, it feels like a biopic of mm-hmm. a band that could have existed. 
And it also kind of pays tribute to the Beatles, which I like that as mm. well. Yeah. There's like little little mentions of them throughout. But yeah, it's it's such a sweet, dreamy little film. I love it. Yeah. Well, so you loved Lenny. I loved yeah. Guy Patterson. <laughs> I did too. Okay. Yeah, he's my second favorite. <laughs> Rewatching this, I kind of was able to think a little bit more about why this movie meant so much, I guess, to me as Mm -hmm. a child. And back when I was 12 or 13, I didn't know anybody in this movie besides Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. Tom Everett Scott, Jonathan Shake, Ethan Embry, and Steve Zahn. Every time I saw them after this movie, I was like, oh, they're the wonders. Like, this was my touch point of all these actors outside of this movie, including Liv Tyler, who, you know, obviously is like this huge star. Oh, yeah. But I just love them. Tom Everett Scott as Guy. I definitely had a crush on him. You know, him being the drummer. I was like, that's the most maybe people will say the bass player is like the most mysterious or elusive part of the band. But for me, the drummer (laughs) is always the coolest one. Yeah. And he just seems so tall. I mean, he is tall. He's tall yeah. and he just seems so nice and endearing, like no bad bone in his body. I was like, is this what it means to be like a, a nice guy? Just really yeah. sweet. I thought the same thing. I had that he was so pure, you know, he mm-hmm. had like no selfish motives. He just wanted to play music and have fun. Mm. And he also had the best facial expressions. Yes. <laughs> so expressive his eyebrows he's just so funny he has the best eyebrows yeah yeah I think this was his first film so props to Tom Everett Scott I haven't really followed his career that much I know he's done some tv stuff he was in La La Land yeah he was in La La Land when he came out when he came out towards the end I was like oh my gosh it's Guy Patterson Guy Patterson (laughs) me too I love it Let me see. Other things I have here about things I like about this movie is this nostalgic factor that's already kind of embedded in this movie. So you and I were kids Mm -hmm. of the 80s. um, Mm -hmm. And this movie takes place in the 60s. And having zero awareness of what the 60s were like when you know we were 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. I thought that was just a really nice way to introduce this era to to people like I don't know to people like us but I was doing a lot of digging about this movie Mm -hmm. and this movie I think was marketed and geared more towards adults Mm -hmm. and then after this movie came out it didn't do so at the box office but they found a big following with young people and I guess you and I might be qualified as those young people maybe there's something to that we're kids of a certain age watching a film about a different time period it kind of just stuck with me yeah it made me love the 60s I definitely as I grew up I sought out music from the 60s I think Mm -hmm. that was like my first exposure to it yeah growing up my dad would maybe listen to like classic rock so I knew a lot of classic rock and I knew some jazz from him but Mm. I wasn't super exposed I guess is the right word to 60s music but I love it now yeah and I remember going to record shops and finding all these old 60s albums and just buying them up and now I have a huge musical vocabulary (laughs) from the 60s yeah and this movie probably had a big part to play in that have you seen this movie with your kids? Speaking of, you yes. know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have. They watched it with me uh, when I prepped for the show. They nice. loved it, except for the kissing scenes, because they're young. <laughs> they they get so embarrassed. They both close their eyes and hide. But, yeah, they really liked it. Charlie was singing the songs. He's totally a fan. I love it. I love that you get to, like, share this with them, and, like, yeah. you still get to enjoy it, and, and they now get to be introduced to it. 
Yeah, I love it too. That's fun. And one final thing for me in terms of things I like is that there's just so many familiar faces in this movie. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of really small moments. Um, I have a list here. Rita Wilson, who's Tom Hanks' wife, obviously. She plays Marguerite, mm-hmm. the, the cocktail waitress at the jazz bar. Chris Isaac as Uncle Bob. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kevin Pollock is Boss Vic Koss. Yeah. Um, Chris Ellis, whose name I don't really know, but he plays Phil Horace. And I just feel like I see him in a lot of other things. So that was like a familiar face. Yes. Paul Feig is in this movie, like the director of Bridesmaids. Yeah. Paul Feig is one of the radio disc jockeys when they're touring the country i saw that in the trivia too (laughs) i love that clint howard who's ron howard's brother Mm -hmm. uh, also plays one of the disc jockeys i have a few other names like i guess when you're tom hanks you can just call in all these favors and just be like hey can you play a part for 90 (laughs) seconds in this movie that i wrote and directed yeah right it would have been so fun so fun can you imagine filming that so fun yeah, there's a lot of oral history stuff that I can I'll get into for trivia. But yeah, it just uh-huh. it just felt like a really fun movie to be a part of. Okay, so for a movie that you're rating ten out of ten, are there any things you don't like about it? No, <laughs> <laughs> I like all of it. I mean, Jimmy is such a selfish little brat, but yeah. it wouldn't be a movie without him. So for sure, he's kind of essential, and he because he's so selfish, that helps contrast how sweet Faye is, and she. Mm. You know, her character, she's such a supportive girlfriend. She's the ultimate fan of the band. She loves Jimmy so much and sees him as, like, this genius, Mm. even though he's such a jackass to everyone around him. But it just, like, it makes her come across as, like, so sweet, but... Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't know, but otherwise, Jimmy's... We need him for the show, so... Yeah, same. I, I'm I'm with you. There's not a whole lot I didn't like about this movie either. Like, as I mentioned, I personally would have wanted more more rom for the purposes mm-hmm. of a rom-com mm-hmm. genre. There's not really a buildup between this romance between Guy and Faye, which I think makes yeah. sense upon reflection yeah. because it's such a wholesome movie. There's no intention to make a love triangle happen. Like, does she love Jimmy or does she love Guy? Like, it just happens, but also it just happens very suddenly. True, true, true. But I guess my question for you is, when do you think Guy, or do you think there's a moment where Guy starts to see Faye in like a romantic way? Yeah, I do, actually. So I was thinking about that as I was watching it. Mm. And there's little nuggets throughout. He's always thinking about her, Mm. you know, in a friendly way, not so much romantic. But Mm. when they were heading on tour and she was sick on the plane, Mm -hmm. he checks in on her and takes care of her, gets her the blanket. Then when he's drunk at the jazz club and he's naming off the members of the band, he says, there's Jimmy and Lenny and me and Faye. Mm -hmm. And she's like part of the band. And then when they're doing the the Hollywood Television Showcase, he says, is Faye okay? She's not going to miss this, is she? And Mr. White is taking care of her. And then he even like compliments her afterwards on her outfit. Yeah. Right before she breaks up with Jimmy. So I feel like he's like so thoughtful towards Faye. And I don't think he realizes that Mm. he really likes her. Like, I think it's after the band breaks up and he realizes she's about to leave. He's like, I, I really like her and I don't want to spend time without her. So it's really sweet and innocent how they end up together. 
Yeah, and that's maybe how a lot of other love stories happen or start. Mm -hmm. It's just like all of a sudden you realize like, oh my gosh, this person's been in front of me this whole time and I didn't realize these feelings. But yeah, every moment you said, extremely thoughtful. That moment on the plane that you mentioned where Mm -hmm. Faye is sick and, you know, he there's the band meeting and he tells Jimmy Faye's not feeling well. He doesn't even like, Jimmy doesn't say anything. He's just like down to business. Such a jerk. Such a jerk. Totally. The worst. In addition to that, I feel like there could have been more of a buildup between Jimmy and Faye not working out. I think Jimmy, he never really appreciated Faye. Yeah. But I feel like there weren't moments where he was outright super cold or super mean or anything like that. So, yeah, true. Is it a big surprise that he dumps her at the end? Maybe not. Well, technically she dumped him. Oh, yes, absolutely. You're right. Thanks for that. Let's get factual here. I love that dumping, too. I do, too. It's one of my favorite parts. (laughs) She's so eloquent. and I know. I like that she does it in front of the band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good for Faye. Yeah, short list here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I had nothing on my list. <laughs> Let's move along then to themes. What are your thoughts here? Did you pick up any themes from this movie? I don't know. I'm bad with themes, but mm. rising to fame, like friendship through fame, or I don't know, oh, shifting priorities. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do you have? Well, do I you mean, have? like, I I agree with you. I sat with this one for a second, and I was like, it's not a heavy theme movie. Yeah. But I think it's just maybe, like, happy accidents can happen. Like, Guy was just in the right place at the right time. Sure, yeah. He kind of changed this trajectory of this band. And maybe it only just takes one person to kind of change course. I like that, yeah. But that's that's kind of all I had there. Like, Faye says, like, none of this would have happened without you in a good way. Yeah. And yeah, Guy was the one who just changed the tempo. Literally. Mm -hmm. Literally. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay, so favorite lines here, and I'm waited with bated breath. Uh, I hope I get to hear some of your Lenny impersonations. But yeah, please hit me with some of your favorite scenes and lines and quotes here. Oh, you got it. (laughs) My favorite one is, (laughs) oh, I'm not here with these fellas. I got a pig in competition over at the Livestock Pavilion, and I'm going to win that blue ribbon. (laughs) Oh, Lenny. That's a good one. That's a great one. (laughs) Oh, I totally resonated with that quote because I was the dork kid in 4-H that actually went to the county fair to show her animals. So You did? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And I won that blue ribbon. I really did. Wait, what was the animal that you brought in competition? I had a sheep. I did 4-H for two years and I did market lamb. So you have to raise a lamb and then you show it at the fair and you sell it for auction. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I really did do that. (laughs) That's intense. Like, how old were you? I think it was around 13. That's amazing. Okay, so you were at this exact age where you see this movie and you see Lenny say that. Yeah. I love that. I love that you have that. That's amazing. It's so dorky, I know. And then I'd always quote him. He's like, I play a lot of cards. You want to see my deck? Yes. You got to be quick with me. You got to be quick with me. I'm from Erie, PA. I'm from Erie, PA. I love that he says that. You gotta, I know. I'm from Erie, PA. I'm quick at cards. Lenny's great. Yeah, he's the best. He is the best. And then when he, one more. Okay, when he meets, Please. when he meets the Playtone receptionist, how long you been working here at Playtone? She goes, how long you been wearing such tight pants? Well, if that was a pickup line, we're a match made in heaven. 
gosh. He's such a hopeless romantic, too. He's just so, well, he's either that or just so desperate for anyone. Yes, could be that, too. Because in the end, he's single, right? He's single or he's divorced or single or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's this one other scene, if we're talking about Lenny, where they're at at Villa Pianos before they get Mm -hmm. their big break. And he's crushing on Chrissy Tompkins in the polka dot blue dress. (laughs) And uh, yeah, he's just trying to hit on her. Like Guy is really serious with Tina, Charlize Theron. And the bass player's married. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) I'm single. He's lying. He's lying, yeah. Apparently, yeah. (laughs) He's so good. But I'm single. Yeah. My favorite scene, I think with without a doubt, is the moment when everyone hears their song for the first time on the radio. Yes. But they're jumping Mine up too. and down, going to the Patterson appliance store. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just like really emotional for some reason. But I was like, this isn't a really emotional scene. I got so happy. I didn't cry. But I was like overcome with joy. And I've seen this movie, oh my goodness, dozens and dozens of times. But yes these kids this is a life-changing moment it was so happy for them i know when she's running down the street that's my favorite part and then she yeah. sees the bass player in the army surplus store and then they both start running and then they find and then jimmy and lenny show up and mm-hmm. <laughs> lenny's kissing the cardboard cutout. <laughs> yes <laughs> it's so funny i read a bit that uh tom hanks wanted them to like hold hands and like jump yeah. around the the stereo or whatever and I think they, they did a few takes and they weren't holding hands and jumping around. And Tom Hanks was like, no, literally, I want you to hold hands and like do that thing. They're like, oh, OK, literally hold hands. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really sweet. It's just I felt their joy. Um, a few um, other moments. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say one more Lenny quote when Jimmy says he's just being a jerk and he says i guess i'm alone in my principles and then oh, when yeah. he says there he goes off to his room to write that hit song alone in my principles <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because it's also probably true probably true yeah yeah lenny's just a quick one quick wit gotta be quick with me <laughs> he's from erie pa <laughs> yeah so i have two other moments and i'm realizing that they're both they're both with Del Paxton. Uh, when Guy meets Del, you are my biggest fan. Yes. Is just really sweet because Guy is fanboying out and also drunk and just has no idea what's happening around him. I thought that was very mm-hmm. realistic. And then Guy getting to jam with Del at the studio. Yeah, that was awesome. I love it. I, when he's when he's at the jazz club, you know he's older than the other guys, but he's just a kid. Like, mm. he's geeking out. He just loves the music, and he just wants to play the drums, and he meets his idol. He's so happy. It's it's the sweetest. Yeah. So you mentioned Guy being older than everybody else, but, like, this is one of the questions that I had while I was watching the movie was, how old do we think these band members are? Yeah, true. I, I feel had no idea. Wow. I don't know either. Yeah, My, what? <laughs> my guess <Wait>. is maybe <laughs> like early to mid 20s, but okay. is that far off because or are they in college? I, I I don't know. They just all seem to have grown up with each other. Like there's no mention of school or, you know, high school yeah. growing up in high school or going to college together. But we do know that guy was stationed in Germany at some point. Um, and oh, yeah. the bass player okay. is joining the Marines. So I don't know. I, wow. Now that I'm older, I am curious about what their ages were. Yeah. 
I think if I had to take an educated guess, I'd say most of the guys are like right out of high school, mm. not college. And Got then it. and then I guess that guy was like maybe two or three years older than them. Mm-hmm. And he already did high school and then went into the service. But that's a good, I have no idea. They're just young. They are. They are young. Well, so here's another trivia point is that Ethan Embry is uh, the bass player, which he has no mm-hmm. name in the movie, yeah. just <laughs> TB player, which I love that little bit. Yeah. And reading in some of the trivia, he was actually only like 16 when they filmed this movie. Wow. Which he's a baby. Yeah, he is. Um. So yeah, wow. maybe, maybe he is 18, you know, playing yeah. an 18 year old or something like that. Yeah, that's that's also maybe one of the reasons why this movie is just so classic, I guess, is yeah, they're not really pigeonholed to being a certain age. We just it's mm-hmm. up to us to decide. Mm-hmm. True. Um, okay, so WTF moments. Do you have many points here? No, I don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I'll be honest with you, I really struggled with this one too. Yeah. Um the only thing I could come up with was the airplane scene where they have the band meeting. And I was like, oh, there's seats that face each other. Oh, yeah. And so I did a quick Google wow. search. And apparently this did exist on certain airlines in the 60s. So there's no way like you and I would have, you know, taken mm. these planes. Yeah. But wa- watching it, I was like, that that was a thing. I don't believe it. But honestly, not a lot of WTFs. And I think that's maybe the I'll, I'll use the word genius very lightly here the genius yeah. of this movie is mm-hmm. tom hanks just kind of created this make-believe world that we're not really questioning what's real and what's not real because everything just automatically felt real it totally did yeah yeah i had zero wtf moments i can't think of anything i just i believed it all <laughs> <laughs> gullible teen <laughs> i love it i think this might be the first time where both people are like no wtfs nothing 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 let's just move right along then okay let's fast forward to the ending here what are your thoughts are you happy with it yeah i'm happy with it i love at the end when they wrap it up and they tell us what they're all doing after the movie Mm -hmm. because that gives like the finality that i that i always want in a movie especially this type of movie where it feels like a biopic of a real band you want to know what's happening next um so i do love that part and i love that Faye and guy got married they're the cutest together. Yeah. Same. I agree. Because it was like a biopic. I mm-hmm. think the way it ended was spot on. And I feel like every character got exactly what made sense for them. Yeah, definitely. I felt the closure. I will say I didn't love, love the fact that it's Lamar's face that we see before it goes to the post credits. I'm like, yeah. well, I love Lamar. It felt weird that he just like looked at the camera and like winked at us kind of thing yeah 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 true that was bizarre but whatever i mean yeah small small things he kind of had a big you know he kind of gave guy the confidence to or i guess he kind of helped guy realize that he liked Faye because Mm. he kept drawing attention to her you know he kept reminding him And then in the end, he's like, she's there alone. Where I come from, that doesn't happen. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't leave a woman alone. And then he kind of nudges him to pursue her. So I guess we kind of have him to thank. Yeah. Lamar's great. I love like he's, it's his hotel, which I don't know what that means. He manages it. He runs it. He owns it. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's like, we see him everywhere doing everybody's Mm -hmm. job. 
Lamar was mm-hmm. great. Well, so this question is moot, which I usually ask also is, do the characters stay together? But as we all know from the the post credit scene is that they get married. They have four kids. They live in Washington. Guy is like teaching jazz composition at this mm-hmm. music conservatory that he and Faye founded. Yeah, it's just such a perfect, happy ending. Yeah. Do you think in the end that all the bandmates remain friends and stay in touch? Mm, that's a good question. Hmm. Maybe everyone except Jimmy. That's what I like to say too. <laughs> and maybe not the bass player either. He's kind of um, he's kind of aloof. He's so aloof. But yeah, I I mean, are there people out there who would just bail on the television showcase and go to Disneyland with fellow Marines? I don't know. (laughs) I just found that a little bit, not WTF, but like, yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, he's so endearing, you know, the bass player, but Mm -hmm. it's it's not done with any malice. But like, also, really, you're just going to leave your bandmates in a lurch like that? I know. I know. So weird. (laughs) So weird. He really likes the Marines. It was the Marines, right? I think I think it was the Marines, yeah. Yeah. Semper Fi, yeah. Yeah. So then now I have a question for you. Even though Mm -hmm. we've already said that, you know, Jimmy's the worst, Mm -hmm. who do you think you are more like? Are you a Jimmy? Well, I guess maybe this is obvious since you shared how much you love Lenny. But are you a Jimmy? Are you the bass player? Are you Lenny? Or are you a guy? I'm probably Lenny. (laughs) Yeah. Or in my heart, I want to be funny like Lenny, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So you want... So that's the thing. I was like... I I want to be funny, not like, you know, flaky, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I think I can... Out of the characters, I can see you definitely as Lenny. Yeah. What about you? So I came up with this question and I struggled with it. I was like, (laughs) I think... I think I I want to be Guy because he's so nice and he kind of is the glue for the band. Yeah. But then when I really think about it, and not, and I know Jimmy's the worst, I'm like, maybe I can see myself in parts of Jimmy or see Jimmy in me a little bit. Not because he's a oh. dick and like a jerk, but I think he's just kind of serious, like very, yeah. like really, he takes himself a little bit too seriously, which I think sometimes I can be like that. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe we're all all of them. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just different, yeah. we're all of them, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like he's he wants to be taken more seriously and no one's taking him seriously and he gets frustrated and he's gonna go to his room and write that hit song alone in his principles <laughs> and I, I I could kind of see parts of that in me. Uh I yeah, I can see that, but no, you're definitely guy. You're not you're not Jimmy. Oh thanks. Thanks, Whitney. Yeah, you're definitely a guy. You're like so responsible and you are focused, you're driven. And you're, but you're not so driven like Jimmy that you forget everyone else along the way. Like mm. you're thoughtful, you remember, you like he remembered, like guy remembered Faye. That would be you. Mm. You'd be yeah. like bringing others alongside you. That's you. Yeah, you're a guy. Well, thanks, Whitney. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> guy is the best, though. Yeah, like he is the best. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you and I clearly love this movie. Ten out of ten, and I'm writing this an eight point five. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the belovedness of this movie? Hmm. So when I was preparing, I asked a few people, not a lot. You mm. know, I took an unofficial poll. I said, yeah. have you seen this movie before? So 50% said they'd never heard of it. <laughs> the other half said, oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. It's such a good film. Mm. I haven't seen it in forever. Mm-hmm. So 
I think the people who haven't seen it yet would still love it. So I think it is really beloved. And I think it, I think a lot has happened since 1996. Is that when it was released? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we forget about these things, but I think anyone who sees it can't help but love it. It's such a great film. There's nothing bad in it. Like it's good for the whole family. It's great. Yeah. I I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) I, I struggle with this one too, because I think like there's a, a group of people who are diehards and then the other group is just have zero idea what movie you're talking about. I think if you see it, you, you love it. There's no Mm -hmm. way you don't like this movie. Do you feel like it's aged well? Uh, I do. I do think so. I mean, I think a lot of it is also because while this movie was filmed in the nineties, it took place in the sixties. So I think again, with the inherent nostalgia feeling towards this movie, I feel like this aged pretty well. Like, the one thing I always mention under this category is, is there diversity in the cast? And yeah, you know, Lamar is a, a black person, an African-American person. And he's, as we said, he's a pretty important character in this movie. Yeah. So he's not a nobody. And, you know, guys, jazz heroes are all black. Yep. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that. And I think this was, you know, at a time when, you know, racism, I mean, it still is. Yeah. Who am I kidding? Um, yeah. Racism is a thing so yeah Mm -hmm. but you know this movie is just so fluffy in that sense Mm -hmm. there's no problems Mm -hmm. yeah i agree it holds up yeah to go back about this popularity and the longevity of this movie i don't know do you have cable do you watch tv or like is everything streaming i stream everything yeah okay yeah i mean growing up i don't feel like i ever saw this movie like flipping the channels on tv so i feel Mm. like i i I have the DVD of this movie and I was actually going to go put it in to rewatch it, but I saw that it was streaming on Hulu. Yeah. So I streamed it there and my DVD didn't have any bonus features. So I was like, there's no reason for me to watch the DVD if uh, mm-hmm. I have it streaming. But this is all to say that uh, it is available on a lot of streaming services from time to time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's on and off on Hulu. Um, so I feel like it is quite accessible, but still I'd never really, there's nobody I know that talks about this movie except for you. It is bizarre. I don't know. I, I, I'm yeah. stumped on this one. Oh, I was going to say is that um, maybe you and I have this thing for, because we talked about Return to Me. And yeah. that movie, when I shared it, the episode published, I got a lot of feedback being like, what is this movie? I've never heard of this movie. Yep. <laughs> so maybe you and I have a knack for <laughs> having a soft spot for movies that just fly under the radar. Yeah, I think we've got a talent here. <laughs> Definitely. Which when you ta- when you mentioned this made me think of something. You mentioned the DVD. Yeah. And the bonus features. I thought that I had the soundtrack as a kid. Did you have the soundtrack? I did not. Which okay. I'm surprised by. Okay. So apparently I which now that I've read this, I read this in the trivia somewhere that there was li- there were liner notes in the soundtrack. So it it kind of like helped build up that fake sense of mm. that this is a real band. Um so I'd love to get a hold of it and see what those liner notes were. That's a good one. Yeah. I also I, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say like even if you just go to Spotify and you pull up that thing you do soundtrack. Yeah. It's the artist is The Wonders. The artist yeah. is The Herdsmen, which is Jimmy's eventual band after The Wonders yeah. break up. Like, this is the world. Like, Chantraline's is on here. I Captain know. Gage and the Shrimp Shack Shooters is an actual artist on this album. Oh, I love it. And Del Paxton has his own song. So 
That's so cool. That's why I think I thought for the longest time that these were real musicians. Yeah, I know. Um, Another random tidbit about the soundtrack. So a lot of bands did covers of this song, right? Mm. Um, I know NSYNC did a cover, but I was really, when I was a little older, I was like trying to be punk. I mentioned that. And I, (laughs) what is the band? I didn't know NSYNC did a cover of this. I'll have to look it up. Yes, they did. And... Oh, it was Newfound Glory, the band. Mm. Do you remember hearing them? Yeah, I do remember them, yeah. They did a really terrible cover of That Thing You Do, and I remember <laughs> loving it so much back in the day. I was like, this is awesome. It's a punk version of my favorite song. <laughs> All right, I'm <laughs> and taking I listened notes. to it. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. NSYNC and Newfound Glory did covers. Yep. Okay, I had yep. no idea. Other bands did too, and then I listened to that newfound glory version today and it was the worst it was so terrible (laughs) oh man i love it i wish i knew uh punk rock whitney i know (laughs) oh gosh he didn't miss much um just a few other things about the like longevity of this movie so uh, tom hanks he's only directed like well, he hasn't directed that many things. He did this movie and Larry Crown, which I saw and like immediately forgot about that movie after I saw it. Oh, yeah. I guess this is a lot of trivia, but um, apparently from my reading that... So he won back-to-back Oscars in the early 90s for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. And mm-hmm. I think while he was promoting both movies, he started to write this script. And yeah. that's kind of how this movie came to be because he was just like, I can't constantly be thinking about campaigning for oscar or whatever yeah but i just think it's really interesting that tom hanks as beloved as he is and combined with the fact that a lot of people have not heard about this movie uh and tom hanks being america's i don't know dad like what's the disconnect here like everyone loves tom hanks he's in all these movies but yet or and yet not a lot of people have heard about this movie so interesting to me I, i feel like yeah it's a departure of everything else that he's done. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. here we are. I love it. It is interesting. And it could be because he himself had a smaller role in it. So mm. maybe this isn't credited as one of his, you know, best films. True. So I guess it flew under the radar. Yeah. You know, people pay more attention to the cast than the directors. Well, true. Normal people. Not normal people. Uh, everyday people. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, okay, so some I have a lot of trivia points here. And do you have did you do some digging on this movie? Yeah, but you can start and I'll I'll uh, I'll follow up if I have anything good. I have a number of things. I did some deep dives. Okay. For a movie that I think I guess I'll say it has a cult like following. There is quite a bit of content about this movie because A, it's they just celebrated their twenty five years last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just a little bit of sad news is that the writer of the song, Adam Schlesinger, who was uh, also in Fountains of Wayne, that band, he passed mm-hmm. away in 2020 due to COVID. So mm-hmm. I think that coincided with their 25th uh, anniversary last year. So there was a lot of like celebration of the movie while also paying tribute to Adam. Mm-hmm. So that was the moment where a lot more conversation was happening about happening about this movie. Yes, true. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a few other things. Um, All the music in this movie is original, but mostly because licensing music would have been way too expensive. Mm -hmm. The title of the song came first, and then the actual lyrics to the song had to be written. 
So I found this oral history on The Ringer, and it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of deep cuts here. Steve Zahn was the first one cast who played Lenny. The last people cast were Faye and Guy. Mm. Tom Everett Scott, apparently, I don't actually see it, but Tom Hanks thought that he looked like him when he was younger. So he, Tom Hanks didn't want to cast Tom Scott in the movie. He kind of does. My kids said, Willa, my six-year-old said, that looks like that's the guy from Big. Oh, no way. And I was like, no, but it looks a lot like him. It looks That's so funny. Like Your six-year-old can see it, but I can't see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Don't ask I'm me how my something. kids have seen big either. It's totally not kid appropriate. <laughs> we had to fast forward through a couple parts. Uh, yeah. um, Rita Wilson was the one who had to encourage Tom Hanks to cast Tom Everett Scott. Like, you're crazy for not casting this guy. Like, who cares if he looks like you? So yeah. Tom Everett Scott owes this casting to Rita Wilson. Let's see here. I have this really, really weird anecdote, and I'll try to shorten it for you, is that Ethan Embry, he's kind of the kooky one, like he's the young kid in the cast. Apparently, he had a pet duck. What? <laughs> this is a really long anecdote, but yeah. it's Go for it. Basically, he pooped in his red suit, uh, like the band suit, the red one. Oh, um, my gosh. The costume designer, Colleen Atwood, who's like this Oscar-nominated and winner. Yeah. Yeah. She said that there were no doubles of the costumes. So once he pooped his suit, like someone had to like wash it out and dry it out so he could wear it again. But apparently Ethan Embry had developed dysentery uh, because he had this pet duck that he was feeding mouth to mouth. Oh, and the the reason he pooped his pants was because he found out that the duck had died and he had like a really bad day, uh, but he pooped his pants. So Super Wait, the duck random. pooped the pants or Ethan Embry pooped his pants? No, Ethan Embry pooped his pants. Oh my gosh. At first I thought you meant the duck pooped in the pants. <laughs> no. What? He had dysentery. He had dysentery and then he was uh, so upset that his duck died he pooped his pants. Yes. Oh my gosh. How did I not find that trivia point? Michelle, you dug deep. I'm going to have to send this article to you. It's really yes. long. It's a really yeah. long uh, oral history. And it just came out last year. Crazy. So I just, I was like, this is gold that I, I stumbled upon this article. That's so funny. I oh was like, gosh. if anyone pooped his pants on ca- in this cast, I would have definitely expected it to be Ethan Embry. I love him. I've always loved him. He was in, um, he was in, what's that show? Uh, Dutch. Dutch as a kid like he was super young do you remember that no I have no idea what this is oh it's like a Thanksgiving film with the guy from Married with Children okay oh man I don't even know Ed O'Neill Ethan Embry yeah Ed O'Neill yeah Ethan Embry is like 12 or 13 in the movie and it was one of his first films oh wow anyway he was great he was fantastic in it all right I'll have to check it out yeah I missed that completely but Ethan Embry I feel like so I'm a I'm actually in the middle of, like, a rewatch of Grace and Frankie. Yep. Me too. I love that show. I need something on in the background while I do some work. He's so good in that show. I mean, sidebar, Grace and Frankie, great show. I'll be really sad when that show ends. Yeah, it's so good. Um, another other fun fact is that he and Liv Tyler knew each other before this movie because they had done Empire Records together. Yeah. Which, oh my gosh. Yeah, I totally forgot that he was in that. That's not a huge rewatch for me, Empire Records, but I, yeah, that was a moment I remember. And then he was in Can't Hardly Wait. Oh. Also, like, yeah, he's he's he started very young, you know, and I he's just been around. That. Yeah, he has. Dang. Go, Ethan. 
Yeah. So, okay, a few other things. Uh, the Ambassador Hotel, which is the hotel they stay at in LA, was a real hotel. It is actually where a few Oscars were telecast. Uh, it's where Bobby Kennedy was shot. So when the cast was filming there, they were like, this is really weird. This is like too haunted. They just like weren't super comfortable filming there. But yeah, just random trivia point there. Colin Hanks is in this movie. Tom Hanks' son. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. escorts Faye into the theater for the Hollywood Television Showcase. And Brian Cranston is also in this movie. Yes. I, I feel like none of these trivia points are like super surprising to you because I know that you've done your no, research. I well, I actually forgot Brian Cranston was in the movie, but my husband, he walked by the room right during that part, during the showcase. Yeah. And he was like, Whoa, whoa, is that Brian Cranston? And I said, Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh. I forgot he was in this. It's like a blink so and I you'll miss it moment that. though. Like yeah. it's so yeah. small. Like that's I mean, I don't know if he was famous in ninety six, so I, I can't really speak to that when this movie came out, but looking back now and you're like wow there's just so many so many familiar faces which is why i think it would be so fun to watch today at least Mm -hmm. two more points here is that playtone which is the record label eventually becomes Mm -hmm. the name of tom hanks's production company oh cool the director's cut of this movie is an additional 39 minutes long which i have not seen and i need to get my hands on that because that's amazing there's 39 minutes of footage i haven't seen and apparently one of the, it's not a plot point, but there's a scene where Mr. White is meeting up with his boyfriend, who's yeah, played by, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know this? Uh, yeah, this was no, new I, yeah, I read it, I read it, I read it. Yeah, I, you know, I did a little bit of research. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> I was not surprised, but I was like, oh wow, I wonder why that wasn't kept in. Um, yeah. His boyfriend was played by NFL player Howie Long. Mm. Super random, but uh, yeah. That's that's my last trivia point, um, and I'm sure you have a few others. But that was that was kind of a surprising one to me. I was like, I need to see this director's cut DVD. Yeah, I've got to get my hands on that. I wonder if it's on Amazon. Yeah, we'll have to find out. Hmm. I got that it took Tom Hanks only 30 days to write the script. Oh and wow! It was while he was doing press for Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. and that he actually wrote some of the music in the film himself, yes. including the drum solo that guy plays that he calls i am spartacus Mm. tom hanks wrote that and he plays the drums wait you mean tom hanks plays the drums tom hanks literally in real life plays the drums and wrote that drum solo yeah oh my gosh can't do there's a video of him i found a video somewhere on online of him playing the drums oh no way okay right dig that up yeah yeah and then another fun fact um adam schlesinger who you talked about his friend Mike Viola helped co-produce the title track. Mm-hmm. And then Viola actually sang lead on the track. And he is the accepted singing voice of Jonathan, whatever, however you say his last name, who oh, plays yeah. Jimmy. The guy who plays Jimmy, yeah. Well, how do you say it? Sex, I think it's Sheck. Jonathan Sheck. Okay. So Mike Viola is also a fame, very famous singer or songwriter and producer who's mm. worked with Mandy Moore, Ryan Adams, Andrew Bird, Jenny Lewis, and a lot of other people. Yeah. I feel like I've even seen him like on Mandy Moore's Instagram before. Oh, so possibly. anyway, mm. yeah, he helped with that song and sang, in, sang actually in place of Jimmy. That's, that's a good one. I mean, to be honest with you, I... I still to this day feel like it's super believable that the band, the wonders is like that they're actually playing these instruments because it looks so real. But 
through the research, it's like, no, they were just, you know, they were dubbed in later, but they it just looks, yeah. they passed to me as musicians. Yeah. Well, I did read that they had to do a lot of training on their instruments so that it looked yeah. believable. So mm-hmm. they actually like did play it through. It just didn't sound that good, but right, they did right. actually play the music, but that's cool. I mean, it definitely looks so believable. They did such a good job. Yeah. I just love it. I wish it was real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Agree. I think that's all I got. I have one last, uh, or not. I just have a really random one is that I think on a personal note, this movie is, even more endearing because I've seen some just footage of the band catching up in real mm-hmm. life and they all seem to be pretty tight and they all just talk about their really, really fun, positive experience working on this film. Steve Zahn was the best man for Tom Everett Scott's wedding. He was? Yeah, oh they're like gosh. besties, which is really, really cute. And I love that so about cool. them. So it makes me yeah. even more into this concept of the wonders being a real band. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually caught the last year when they had their, was it 25th anniversary, you said? Mm -hmm. I watched the YouTube live. Mm. They did a live stream with most of the band members just talking and making comments throughout the film. Like, they all watched the film together and commented on it. And I caught the tail end of it that day. I think it's probably still available on YouTube, but it was so fun to see them together and joking around they're so cute yeah it's it's kind of magical because you know how many movies have we seen as people and you're like like there's no connection between Mm -hmm. the cast members but the fact that they celebrated 25 years and I think there's something to be said about the cast themselves being at the same stage in their career being Mm -hmm. that it was the beginning of everyone's career they kind of bonded together and have these amazing deep relationships with each other and that kind of carries on this it's given this movie more life and mm-hmm. I think that helps this movie a lot um, yeah. for people like you and me who like loved it as kids. And like, it's really sweet to see them as middle-aged men being like, this movie really meant a lot to us. Yeah, definitely. Um, this has been really fun, Whitney. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little too much fun. <laughs> but, but I think we can wrap it up. I mean, are there any last things you'd like to add? No, I mean, if I would just say if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you have to watch it because you're going to love it. If you have seen it, but it's been, how long has it been? 20, 20 something years. Mm-hmm. You got to watch it again because there's nothing bad about it. And you're just going to love it. It's a feel good movie. That's going to put you in a good mood. Totally. For a movie that we found zero WTFs, zero things mm-hmm. we disliked about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Whitney and I highly recommend this as a rewatch yeah. and maybe a first watch. Thank you so much, Whitney. This was really fun. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll we'll talk again soon. Maybe we'll have to find another under the radar movie for our next chat. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thanks to all tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and please give us a follow on Instagram at Romcom Weekly. And let us know what you think of that thing you do. What would you rate this on a scale from one to ten? And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. <laughs> 